Everybody doing good? Good to see you guys. Um, over the last couple of weeks in Drive, we've been talking about the, um, the five virtues that we hold at Mile City. Um, can you guys kind of off the, um, off the cuff remember the first three that we've talked about? Anybody? Tenacious teachability is one of them. Yes. Contagious joy is one of them. What's Audacious care is another one of them. If you guys are around Mile City on um, Sunday mornings, you hear about these a lot. They've been a part of who Mile City is from the very beginning. Um, and it's really awesome that that's something that we want to bring here um, to students as well. You guys are a part of Mile City. You make up who, who we are as a church. I mean, even if you don't attend here on Sunday mornings, it's important that you know um, these things and, and, and try to press them in on your, on your hearts. Uh, today, I am wrapping up the last two of the five virtues. They kind of fit um, nicely together. And those two are seethe and serve and then extra mile. And seethe and serve um, is described this way. It says, when we see a need, we strive to meet that need. We put others before ourselves. We're willing to do any task for the sake of the mission, even if it's not our assigned task. Now, a thing to ask when it says for the sake of the mission, if you're also a part of Mile City regularly, what is the mission of Mile City? Some people? Anyone? Someone? Yeah, helping people move towards Jesus. They say helping people move towards Jesus or helping people move towards, towards God. So the mission of Mile City is helping people move towards God. And so really, this is saying, the seethe and serve piece is saying that we'll, we'll do whatever it takes. We'll do anything with that mission in mind. And then we go to extra mile, which is the um, fifth virtue. Um, and it says this. It says, we strive to make everything better. We maintain a going above and beyond attitude and we take ownership of making things excellent on every level. That's what extra mile is defined as. Now tonight, I'm gonna to ask for um, a little bit of your participation in a minute. First, I'm gonna give you some examples, um, but I wanna, I wanna prep you so that you can be thinking about this. I wanna hear from you all three to five examples of someone in your life who has acted in a way that you would define as seethe and serve, or acted in a way that's going the extra mile. And I wanna put a couple parameters around this. I want you to make sure that it's tied to the mission. So it's not like, oh, my friend today went the extra mile and they gave me their bologna sandwich and it was awesome. Like, we're not talking about that necessarily. Even though, you know, Jordan handed me one of my daughter's cookies that I didn't take from home today, you know, that was seethe and serve me, but you know, was, I, was it really something that was moving me towards God? I mean, it was so tasty that maybe it moved me a little closer to God. Um, but that's not exactly what I'm getting at. I'm talking about something that you've seen in your life happen that someone was taking direct action in uh, for the sake of helping someone move closer to God. So that's coming in just a minute. And yes, um, Jordan will come around with a mic and grab that. But I'm going to share a couple examples in my life of things that I've seen um, that, are, that are that and it might spark a couple thoughts in your mind. And then we'll hold on to these things that we're thinking as we, as we move through this time together. The first one that I want to mention is actually um, my daughter, Annie. I saw her do a seethe and serve thing, which was really um, sweet. 
She had a teammate, she came to us and she told us, I have a teammate who's being mistreated. I see, I see my other teammates not quite treating her right and I kind of feel, I feel bad about that. And so we you know, talked about it. Um, you know, Sarah made the point that for Annie, she might be one of the few people who's actually able to show Jesus to this person. And so, and so maybe extending kindness to this, to this um, teammate was just really the best thing that she could do um, to, to show her God, to show her love, to show her care. And, and so that was kind of the conversation we had. It was, you know, not really much that we followed up on beyond that. But a couple games into the season, uh, we were able to meet this teammate's mom. And we said, hey, we're Annie's parents. And she said, oh, yeah, my daughter talks about how kind Annie is to her on a regular basis. Like, that's awesome. It's great to meet you guys. And I saw that as a see then serve moment. We, she saw a friend in need. She took action really because of her faith to try to show her care. And it, and it, was, met with, um, it was met with good in this teammate's life. Um, another, another example that I see personally in my life, you guys know if you are at Mile City on Sunday mornings, um, over this past year, um, both Justin and Joe moved out of their um, positions as worship leaders at Mile City. And um, Isaac, who you guys see a lot as a, is he 20 yet? He's 19, he's 20, he's still 19. Um, has, taken, has taken the reins of things um, at Mile City. Um, and it was, it was fascinating because in this, um, I saw my wife Sarah take an extra mile step um, she just said, if you guys know her and have seen her on Sunday mornings or here at Drive, she is very gifted in what she does in music. Um, she's very passionate about it. She cares about people's eyes being directed towards God. And she just said, you know what, I'll be available. Whatever you need. This fall season, schedule me as much as needed. I'm going to help you get through this season of, um, you know, of the guys transitioning out of their leadership roles and supporting Isaac. Um, and, you know, we're entering into a season where some of that, some of that um, you know, wildness of those transitions is kind of starting to subside a little bit. But she took a season where she went extra for the sake of people being directed towards God. And I think it meant a lot to the people who were leading. I think it also meant a lot to, um, to the church. You know, she, she used her giftings to build the church. Another cool thing that happened when you guys were at camp, and you guys might not have even been aware of this, but we know that um, Jordan stayed home to watch football. Um, no, that's not what he did. I'm just kidding. Jordan was very sick. And so he stayed home, and he was heartbroken that he had to stay home. In the meantime, second in command, Dusty, was also fighting sickness. So naturally, the person who would have stepped up and kind of you know, fought, for, fought for where you know, Jordan to step out, um, she, she was also feeling awful. Did any of you guys, like, notice that the leaders just kind of had a major seethe and serve extra mile moment kind of all together? I wasn't there, but it was cool to hear the stories afterwards where, you know, as much as we would have loved for Jordan and Dusty to be leading in that situation, the leaders kind of rallied around and said, you know what, we're going to step up. We're going to make this happen. We're going to do this for the sake of this group, all having the opportunity to move, move closer towards God. And so you see, the, you see the virtues showing up 
in the people around you in some, in some really great ways. So those are three stories that came to mind most recently, and I want to use those as kind of, a, um, kind of an example that you guys could jump off of to, to say, you know, shortly doesn't have to be a long story at all, but somewhere where you've seen someone go the extra mile, somewhere where you saw someone seethe and serve that had an impact on your faith or the faith of, of people around you. So um, if anybody has an example, put their hand up. We would love to hear it. Jordan's got a mic. He'll come, he'll come to you. Does anybody have an example? Yeah, Emma. Okay, um, I would say my boyfriend, Matthew. Um, the other night, we were having a conversation with his brother and his, um, Matthew's brother's girlfriend, and both of them aren't Christians, but his girlfriend was kind of in a moment of, like, like opening up a lot to it, and she was, like, getting really interested into it, and she was like, I, may, I kind of want to do this with my life, but she was still a little bit unsure, and right away, Matthew, like, of course, tried to take, like, all pressure off. She was, he was like, this is not, a, and, like, took the pressure off. But the thing that I feel like he went the extra mile of is after the conversation, he disappeared. And I was like, where did he go? And he went into the basement and um, was, like, searching for a devotional that you just do, like, you read, like, a little bit a day. And it's the, I don't know what it's called. It's, like, living like Jesus or something. I don't know. It's, like, a yearly, you do, like, one day every single year. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was really cool. What is it? Do you know? Day of the year? Not <laughs> okay, I said it wrong. But anyway, I just thought it was great that he um, really thought about that and ran and, and tried to like help her as much as she could. Um, I'd say my mom because she's always working to like serve others. And she's always doing stuff for me and just her students and then the people around her. Uh, I want to talk about James Bowers for a second. Um, thank you. James is actually at the back right now um, helping us do sound. But James, since I've met him, has always had this drive to help bring other people closer to God and share his knowledge however he can. Um, and especially this year, James has shared with our young adults group that one of his drives and, and focuses on the year is to evangelize and, and communicate the good news of God. And so James took it upon himself to start his own Bible study group. And he, he brought it up to everyone. He, he started recruiting. Um, and, and he's got a group of us that are going every week. And, and he spent the time into reading a few books, learning as much as he could on Genesis so that we could kick things off. Um, and I know for me personally, I've had a heck of a journey. And to have someone um, who can look at me where I'm saying, I don't even know where to start, and have him go, don't worry, I'll show you. Um, that's been huge. And so, James, I've told you a million times before so far, but Appreciate the heck out of you, brother, um, and, I, and I think he's been a great example of, of seeing a need and doing what he can to meet it with the people that are close to him. So, shout out James Bowers.
So mine's my brother, Caleb. And it was just like an instance where he went the extra mile. It was, it was when my car was broken down and I had to drive it to a shop. And I was like really upset because I didn't want to go by myself. And so he drove all the way to where I was at and then got in my car and then drove with me to go to the place. And it wasn't necessarily that like instance, but when we got to the car shop, we got the chance to talk to the people there about being able to come to church. And I think like what Caleb did for me necessarily in itself might have not been moving me closer to God, but because Caleb came with me, I got the opportunity to talk to other people and move them more towards God. And like, I don't know if they're going to come to church or not, but it's just like an opportunity because Caleb came with me. Lily, you've got you've got one, and then we'll wrap up. We'll wrap up with Lily. My mom, um, she teaches every day, and then on Sunday we'll serve and um, teach to the fourth and fifth graders. And I just feel like she's moved a lot of people, and like she constantly like moves me and like cares for me and all my siblings. That's awesome. I will take Luke, I'll take yours. One let's we'll go one yeah. We'll go one more. I appreciate you volunteering. Uh Ryan Mills when this weekend last weekend when we got into a car accident. Um he put himself in danger and took pictures of the car and like made sure that all of us were okay. So I thought that was really nice. Yeah. That's awesome. We have, yeah, we have examples around us, and I want to I want to highlight these for you guys, um, just so that you guys can hear and see that you know this this is part of this community. You guys have people living out these virtues, um, you know, acting on them on a regular basis, and, and it's something that's really um, really important in your middle school and high school years to to pick up on and, and embrace. I think that this message is really timely as it relates to camp. For those of you who went to camp, um, for those of you who didn't go to camp, I also think that it has some significant application for you. Um, but I think that really focusing in on these two virtues can guide a lot of your next steps after camp. And I think that the timing is just, just perfect. I'm going to put this verse, James uh, chapter 2, verse 17. Up on, the, up on the screens. And just to highlight this as well, um, in a couple weeks we're actually entering into a series on the book of James. And we're going to start walking through the book of James. It's really, it's really timely. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sneak a little bit um, you know, ahead this week and share this verse from, from James. If you guys are serious about diving into that, it actually would be a cool opportunity for you between now and when the... Um, you know, when the series starts, maybe start reading the book of James. It's just a handful of chapters. It's um, really easy to apply. It's something that may um, be significant in, in your faith. But James chapter 2, verse 17 says this. It says, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Now, I'm going to leave this up on the screen for um, a good portion of um, the next part of the talk and highlight a few things about this verse. Some of you went away to camp, or some of you have gone away to camp before, or gone on some spiritual experience, and you've had actually a very meaningful faith experience when, when you were there. 
something was stirred inside of you, your faith grew, uh, your faith was strengthened. Maybe God birthed faith in your heart for the first time at camp or at a place like camp. And, you know, a lot of you may have had um, some sort of significant faith growth experience while, while you're at camp. Um, but I think that the important thing that we find in this verse is that we don't want to be deceived. If your faith is not exercised, if your faith does not have some way to be put into action, then you'll quickly find that your faith shrivels. You know, Jordan talked last week about that, that camp high. And, you know, how do we sometimes try to reproduce it. We try, we try to make the next youth group just as great as camp was or something like that. And we kind of chase this. And I feel like in some ways that's a, that's a meaningless chasing for us because that may have been a faith-inspiring experience that we need to figure out how to tie our actions to. And this is really why I think for you guys these middle school and high school years are so important and why being a part of a youth group like this matters a lot because it gives you a really tangible way to engage your faith with your actions and do something and do something about it. Many of you guys know that I was a youth pastor in previous work that I did. Today I own a construction company and we remodel kitchens and bathrooms and do that sort of fun stuff. But I went to school and I started out my time immediately after college um, as a youth pastor. And Sarah and I um, were married. We lived down in the Richmond, Virginia area. And my first official youth director job was at a church just right outside of Richmond. And there were some awesome people in that church. It was a little small kind of out in the country-ish church close to the big city. Um, you know, the, the neighborhood probably felt a little bit like a small, like a very small Northville. Um, and it was the White Steeple Church on like a rolling hill and it was all picturesque. And there were some awesome people there who served the youth group in that like every Sunday night, these, um, the moms in, in the group would actually make a youth dinner that was always fantastic. I had two people on Sunday mornings that would teach classes. But as far as the volunteers in the group, you guys are really blessed to have a huge group of volunteers here. There was one couple that helped me and Sarah in the youth group. And there would be 50, 60 kids at a time at our youth group. And so it was just like the four of us trying to figure it out. So the thing that I had to do is I actually had to figure out how do I have these students run, like run their youth group? It's like, we don't have enough people to figure this out. And so it was awesome because I had to rely on students to teach. I had to, like, they were planning, they were inviting, they were leading groups, they were hosting events. And they were doing this seeing and serving action on a regular basis. And they were going the extra mile on a regular basis. And um, when Sarah and I had Annabelle, Annabelle was um, probably about eight months old or so, and we decided to move back up towards Michigan um, because we wanted to be a little bit closer to Sarah's family as we grew our family, and so we made that move. And they didn't replace me right away. It was actually fascinating. Um, one of the guys, his name was Bill. He had a daughter in the youth group. And as I was you know, getting ready to leave, Bill came to me. And he's, like, he's like, Joe, what do I, what do, I do? Like, I'm kind of going to help lead this thing. What do I, what do, I do? I'm like, I, you just talk to the talk to the students. Like, they're going to tell you what to do. 
they know what to do. They've been doing it. And it was awesome because the students who were in, who were acting, they ran the entire youth group for about 10 months before they found their next youth pastor. And it was this real cool thing because I look back on that and I tell you guys this story um, because some of you in this room are serious about your faith. Some of you in this room as a Jesus follower want to know what your next steps are. Some of you came out of camp with an experience that inspired you to go, I want to know what's next. And I can tell you from experience in my life, I can tell you from experience in watching what happened in these students' lives who were, who were leading, who were taking action, who were doing things with their faith, um, that their faith had a longevity that the students who weren't doing those things didn't have. Like they were exercising it, they were stretching it, they were figuring it out. I know some of you in this room are already doing that. I know some of you, when you serve for the first time, you're like, oh gosh, this is kind of exciting and super intimidating and I don't know what I'm doing and like, what, what should I, like, how is this gonna work out? Like, I think I've told you guys stories about the first time I tried to play guitar in youth group and how awful it went um, when, I was, when I was a kid. But it was an exercising and a stretching of my faith. It was seeing that in my youth group there wasn't anybody who could play or would play guitar. And so I was going to step out and I was going to do something with it. I was going to try it. And so I tell you these stories just to let you know how these virtues might connect in with your next steps. I think that it's important to know that if we're not putting our faith into action, then we really run the risk of having our faith shrivel up. And so my challenge to you guys tonight, if you are a Jesus follower in the room, is to figure out how to take action in your faith so that you could see your faith grow because of that. There's this verse in Philippians chapter 4, and it says this. This is Paul writing a letter to the church in Philippi, and he says this. He says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I think it's awesome when we hear all the stories around the room of people who have seen faith in action in other people. I think that we get to see and hear those things and listen to those things and absorb those things and go, huh, what is it about those people? Do they seem to have the peace of God in them? I think that when we hear these stories, we, we think about these people, and we go, oh, those are actually people of peace. Those are people who, who seem to rest in God. Those are people who seem to know God. And so our, my challenge really to you tonight, if you are a Jesus follower in the room and you really want to take your faith seriously, is to think about this verse. What you've learned, what you've received, what you've heard, what you've seen in the people around you who are living in these virtues. Practice these things. And the promise is that the God of peace will be with you. Um, if you're in this room and you're not a Jesus follower, and that's something that you want to address, that's something that you want to 
um, you know, hey, maybe, maybe walking with Jesus is actually worth it. If there is actually a God of peace out there, uh, maybe I need this God of peace in my life, and I need to understand what faith in him looks like. If that's something um, that, you're, that you're wrestling with tonight, or if that's something that you haven't, um, haven't taken on in your life, then I would encourage you to talk to your small group leader about that. Um, the other encouragement, again, going back to those of you who are Jesus followers, my encouragement for you guys in small group tonight um, is to think about your next step. What is your next step in your faith? Um, and it, does it have something to do with going the extra mile or seeing and serving? So I'm going to pray for us, and then um, Emma's going to come back up. There's one more song, and then we'll go to group. God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for these students. Uh, we thank you for the work that you're doing in their lives. And we, um, we just pray that by your spirit, you would show them um, what their next steps are what you have for them, on what you've made them to do, what you've made them to invest in, um, how you've gifted them to go um, the extra mile and to see the world around them and to serve it in unique ways that you've, um, that you've made for them. Um, we thank you for, for everyone here. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.